moment. moment. Of clarity. Happening, my people. It's your man Stefan G, and you are tuned in to another eclectic episode of Moment of Clarity right here on the Promise Life Network. Moment of Clarity, and today Mike's here today. Yes. Hi, Mike. Still just uh, the guys today, and it's just us. I, I I think I should just let that silence sit for a little <laughs> while. You think you that'll think, guilt them into coming back? Do you think they just don't like us anymore? Maybe. You think that's what it is? Possibly. We did kind of give them a hard time while they were here. So maybe they just got sick of us challenging their lives and well, the way they want to live. You can't do that in 2018. Them. You don't challenge a woman in 2018. That's true. Me this too, the, and all that. This is the year of the woman. Can't do that. But anyway, today, uh, on today's show, it's just Mike and I, and probably appropriate since. What we're talking about oh, is yes. our forte. It's kind of our thing. It's kind of like what we like and love and enjoy. And, and hate. And hate. At the same time. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so on today's show, we're talking about the two things you're never supposed to talk about. And that is faith and politics. Um, and Mike and I love faith and politics. We've loved faith and politics for a very long time. It's interesting that we kind of came together, you know, at that time, we didn't know we were the faith and politics guys. Yeah, you know, no. and it's interesting that you know God brought us together, Mike. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, but yeah, so we're going to talk about faith and politics, and there's a lot of questions there. Um, people get irritated when you start talking about faith and politics all the time uh, because they either believe your faith should not have anything to do with politics, or they think your politics shouldn't have anything to do with my faith, and. All of that good stuff. You know you know what it is, I think, why people get irritated? Because I think they identify themselves with those two things. Yes. And so when you, you know, attack, not really attack, but disagree with something they believe in those two things, they see it as an attack on their identity. Yeah, they sure do. Because they become that thing. The, I am my religion. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Not, I believe in Christianity. I am a Christian. Not, I believe, you know, I support Republican ideas or Democratic ideas. I am a Republican. I am a Democrat. So yeah. You're right. And the first one kind of makes sense. I mean, the first one makes sense to me more, but it kind of, to me, shows that we have turned politics into a religion. Yeah. In a way. Because politics is never supposed to be like that. You're right. Yeah, I mean, because people have faith in their party platforms. Mm-hmm. And they treat their, you know, designated nominee as if he's a savior. Yeah, the Messiah. Yeah. Obama was a Messiah. Mm-hmm. Trump's been a Messiah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. My goodness. What are we doing, man? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I've heard some theories that it's because we've gone away from religion that we were replacing with replacing it with politics yeah i could see that as a possibility um but yeah so that's what we're talking about today so we'll start at the place where everybody believes we should be starting or at the place that's the most 
I don't know, antagonizing, you can say. The most, <laughs> the controversial. most irritating, controversial, yeah. And that is, you know, should faith and politics intermingle? You know, should Tough what one. you believe as a religion, and I'm going to take a moment to not even think about Christianity, just whatever your religion is, Christianity, whatever your religion is, <laughs> should you intermingle your politics with that, you know? Because the Bible tells us to be in the world, but not of the world, mm -hmm. right? You know, and it's funny, in terms of churches and churches I go to, I tend, like if I went to a sermon that was a lot about politics, I usually don't like it. Oh, I hate I it. Because I feel like I hate it. that is not what a sermon should be. Yep. And and I'm not talking about like general general politics. So no, like, I'm you know, talking acting. about when they bring the county commissioner up on stage <laughs> and say you got to vote and this say way. this is the guy that we're all voting for. Yeah, that's when I'm like, uh, this is not what your job is. But where is that line? Because there are some issues I think are kind of intermingled with your faith. Really, like what? Um. You might disagree with me, but I would think abortion probably for a lot of people. I like basically if a pastor says that he's against abortion, mm -hmm. I'm okay with that because I can see the biblical explanation for that. But if a pastor says we shouldn't be drilling for oil or something, then I'm like, uh, is that really a Christian issue? That's where I'm like, uh. I think for me the the line becomes more definitive when, especially when you're talking about a pastor, the line becomes more definitive when the pastor is instructing people to vote a certain way yeah. or trying to influence them to vote a certain way. True. It's all right if this particular pastor says, I don't believe in abortion and here's the biblical backing for that. Right. Right. However, because here's the other question, right? And we'll get kind of libertarian. If I don't believe in abortion, does that mean abortion should be against the law? Yeah. Or does that just mean I shouldn't believe in it? Exactly. That That's a good point because you're right. If they were saying they're against abortion, but they're saying you have to vote for this candidate. Right. Because he's against you're not abortion. a Christian. Exactly. That is where I think it, it's too much. It's too much. Yeah. Because there's, there's a lot of, um, and I've always said, especially when it comes to the Republican Party, they hitched their wagon to two main issues throughout the 90s, and I think it, it backfired on them, and that was abortion and homosexuality. Um, and then coming into the 2000s, they picked a couple of other issues like fiscal conservatism and immigration. They jumped on those two in the 2000s. But those are very, very tricky faith mm -hmm. avenues. You know what right. I mean? Especially immigration. Immigration is extremely tricky. Yeah, uh, I agree. Because there are, there are even some Republicans that have come out and said, you know, if you don't support letting in illegal immigrants, you're not a Christian. Right. And it's like, well, you know, how far does that go? If there's a homeless guy outside your house, do you let him into your house? If you, I mean, he might really need help. Yeah. If you don't do that, is that not Does that mean you're not a Christian? You know, and so it's kind of, these are, there's a lot of trickiness, like you said, to these issues and we kind of make them black and white. We do. Because the difference between me letting you in my country and me letting you in my house is I don't have to pay for you to come in my country. I do, but it's so abstract and indirect right. that it technic I technically don't feel it, and it seems as if somebody else is taking care of it. 
And so, of course, I'm for so I'm always yeah. I'm always in the camp of somebody else doing something that I don't have to do. But when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to having a homeless person sitting outside your house and you just walking past them every day or praying for them as opposed to bringing them in your home, well, that's a direct effect. That's something that actually mm-hmm. touches my life. I'm I'm more I'm I'm less likely to do things that directly affect my life. Yeah. And as a Christian, should we? Should we not? You know, should we support? And then the other issue is, should we support the government solving a lot of these problems? So, okay, good. I'm glad you said that. Let's play chicken or the egg, right? Because, you know, this is the question. Yeah. Which came first? The government taking care of a lot of social issues in the absence of the church or the church? Okay, so let me rephrase the question. Did the government take the social uh, capital away from the church or did the church relinquish it to the government? Yeah. Was the church failing at it? Right. Was the church failing at it? So the government had to step in or did the government step in just in order to take it and it left the church in that space? Yeah. And like you said, it's the chicken or the egg. I don't know if I have an answer to that question. <sighs> Dang it, Mike. <laughs> you know, just like, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. You were supposed to have an answer. I was supposed to have an answer. You well, supposed to yeah. have all the answers. Exactly. Finally, you get it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What do you think? I I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Either. I mean, all we can all we can do is look at what's going on now. Right. And I think there are a lot of people who believe that it's the government's role, and because the government's doing it, maybe the church doesn't need to be doing it. Right. As much. And, and a lot of people who, especially as we've become a society that is less and less. Christian based, right? Because there's other religions that believe in charity, of course, and and helping others and so on and so forth. But it's been such a a tenet of the Christian faith in this country that we almost equate it to Christianity. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, I haven't seen many areas in our American society where we equate helping others with Islam, right? Yeah. Doesn't mean Islam doesn't believe in helping others because it certainly does. Well, it's just, I mean, the majority of the country is Christian. That's really right. So we've, we've attached it to Christianity. And so not only does the question become, should the government be doing this? The question is also, well, in the absence of the government doing it, should the church be doing it? Because yeah. I challenge people all the time with, they'd be like, the church needs to do more for da 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 da. And I'm like, but why? Why does the church need to do more? I loved it. I didn't love it when they had the hurricane in Texas. But when they had the hurricane in Texas and everybody uh, was mad at Joel Osteen, I loved it because they were like, Joel Osteen should open his doors. And I'm like, why? Why should Joel Osteen open his doors? Other than the fact that he has a big building to open doors right. in. Like, what is the reason that he should do that? Yeah, and it's really interesting because that's a good point. Is that the role of the church to do that? And I guess that's right. really the central issue when we're talking about this. What is the role of the church in these things because you know if it was like a big bank building and they didn't open their doors nobody would have said anything nobody would have said anything if the bank didn't open their doors <laughs> yeah you know nobody would have said anything if the if iHeartRadio's offices yeah. didn't open their doors so why is know? it the job of the church right in that situation to open their doors is it the job of the church to do that and if it is where in the bible does it say it is i don't know <laughs> I think I, I don't. I don't. Not sure it does. Say I don't that. think it does say that. I know it doesn't say open your doors to your church during a hurricane in yeah. Texas. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I'm for not the nitpickers out right. there. <laughs> but I believe what we've done is we've taken the help the poor mm-hmm. and translated it into do everything in the world for the poor. Right. Right. We've taken the help the homeless or not even help the homeless, help the widows and translated it to help people, mm-hmm. you know, um, and it doesn't mean that we can't do it as a church. It just means where is the line requiring us to yeah. do it as a church? And it's tough. I don't know if I have the answer to that. Maybe someone listening will have the answer. I'm sure this will spark a lot of debate. Yes. So I, let me, I'm glad you said that. So if you want to contribute to this show, you can go to the Stefan G. That's T-H-E-S-T-E-F-A-N-G dot com. The Stefan G dot com. And you can click on the little link on the side that says leave a voicemail and Tell us what you think. Tell us what you've read, what you've been taught, what you've seen, how you've interpreted this place as far as the church is concerned. Like, what is the role of the church? And what is the role of the church in politics? You know, homosexuality is a great space. So go leave a a voicemail. I I transitioned out of that way too quick. Go leave a voicemail (laughs) on the website. Um, But homosexuality is another place where I've loved having this debate because as a Christian, I am against the practice of homosexuality. However, as an American, I might believe you should be able to get married if you're gay. Right. Because if I have a lot of Christians that do. Yeah. If I've extended that right to others in my society, then I should extend that right to you in our society. Right. I have a friend, Jason Hoyt, who, by the way, just released a new book that I have to go read. Um, but he, he, he presented it to me this way one time when we were talking about homosexuality and he said, we worry that gay marriage is a faith based problem, right? Mm -hmm. But he said, it's not gay marriage is a government based problem. He said, when we, it's not that we took church or Christianity out of people's lives. It's that we turned over. Marriage. Marriage to the government. Right. And so when the government becomes the regulator of marriage, then the government decides who gets to get married and who doesn't. Right. And when he said that, I was like, well, then, yeah, homosexual gay marriages should be legal everywhere mm-hmm. because that's who we turned it over to. We've turned right. it over to the government. And the government can't make those distinctions, dis- distinctions based exactly. on, you know, religious beliefs. And, and, and. It made me think, well, when did the government start regulating marriage? Well, when it had to regulate divorce. Oh. Because the government, you know, or even if if you can call it the government, but even in biblical era, it was the institution that handled divorce. You know what I'm saying? It was the institution of the church that handled divorce. And when we started going outside of the church and going to the court system to say, you determine what I get and how much of it I get and when I get it. Well, yeah, now you got to handle the marriage, too, because if I'm going to clean it up, I got to be able to, to determine who puts it together. Right. You know, and then that goes back to the question, should the church have been handling all of that in the past or is it really the job of the, the church to do that? Where's that line? That's a good question, because because, you know, I'm not sure. There's a part of me, because when I listen to a lot of some pastors that I really like, they will say, really, a lot of this is worldly stuff. Mm-hmm. And as a Christian, you should be focused on saving souls for the eternity. So when we're talking about a lot of the, the worldly stuff, 
maybe we shouldn't really be involved in. The church shouldn't be involved in all of that. A lot of people believe that specifically when it comes to politics. Church yes. shouldn't be involved in politics at all. Right. Because if we are focused on helping people attain heaven, if we are focused on growing in Christ, then it's almost it's almost one of those things where the rest will take care of itself, you know? But we've, like you said, we've made politics a religion in this country. Yeah, and, and you know, part of that was the fault of the churches because the, there were some churches, some church movements that they made it their goal to be attached to a political party, a right. political movement. Absolutely. And they believed... And actually, when you think about it, it's actually happened on both sides. But most people think of the religious right, for instance. And the religious right came along, the moral majority, and they said it was the church's job to be a part of politics, to push forward policy in government that aligned with Christian values. Right. And I don't know that that's true. I'm not sure if that's true either, because really in the Bible, it's not there. It's not there at all. Anytime politics was really brought up to Jesus or the apostles, most of the time he said, you're focused on the wrong things. And, and even in the past where I see that our policies have been founded on Christian principles, you know, one mm -hmm. of the best ones that I've ever seen is, you know, the seven years to eliminate your debt. That's your debt kind of rolls over every seven years mm -hmm. um, where you're, you know, if you've got credit card debt or anything that's not a mortgage or a student loan, after seven years, it disappears. So that comes straight out of the Bible. Yeah. But it wasn't presented as a religious law. It was just presented as, well, this is what we'll go with. We'll go with this. Yeah, because we believe the Bible had the best answer there. Right. And I don't know that the way we're trying to push Christianity into politics right now, we're not using that same model, basically. You know how people will preach Christianity to non-believers without ever really saying Jesus Mm -hmm. And just kind of the tenets of moral goodness yeah. and the fabric of uh, uh, equitable society and all of those kinds of things. We're not doing that as far as politics is concerned. We're trying to make America a Christian nation mm -hmm. when America was founded on the ability for it to not be a Christian nation, even though it was a Christian nation when it was founded. Right. So interesting. <laughs> I know it's it really is hard and it's hard for me. Because and it's hard for both of us, I think, because we're both we're into both. We're into politics. I think we're just problem solvers by nature, so mm -hmm. that's why we get into politics. But we're into politics, but we're also strong Christians. But you know, I'm also into American history, and I really appreciate, say, what the founders of this country did fighting the American Revolution. But there are some out there who believe that it was wrong for them as Christians to fight against the British because the Bible instructs you to obey your government leaders. That's right. So it's like, where is that line then? Because it's know. like, I support what they did, but as a Christian, should I have supported what I did? Or by supporting what they did or supporting what the government does, am I just ignoring, not focusing on the right things, which is heavenly things? Right. Because there has to be, and to me, the biggest problem is when, the, when Christianity became an institution in this country, right? When it left the fluidity of, a internal heartfelt movement mm -hmm. and became a 501 C three organization, mm -hmm. which is almost necessary. Now, if you want to have church to me, that movement, that change meant that you now have to fight for certain policies in order to defend this institution that you've created. Ooh, 
You know what I'm saying? Like, That's a I very have, interesting point. Yeah, I have to fight for certain policies. I have to fight for certain movements. I have to fight for certain rules and regulations and laws and so forth in order to protect this entity that I have created as an institution called church. And you know, a great example of that is what we've been talking about, marriage. Yes. Because as a church, they want to keep their institutional status. But if the government says that gay marriage is now a thing, does that force a church to then support gay marriages in the church Mm -hmm. without, you know, would they lose their institutional status? Right. So then because of that, they feel like they have to fight for the policy. In order to protect the institutional status. Protect the institutional status. Exactly. And so instead, because, because, and that's when we have the the silliness that's called the war on Christianity. You know what I'm saying? Whereas there's always been a war on Christianity. That's a good point. But in America, it's probably the smallest war that's ever been fought. <laughs> right. You know, like there's not any other place that you can be more Christian than in America. Mm-hmm. And so then we have things like the silliness of the war on Christianity, but the war on Christianity is only being perpetuated because you're trying to protect the institution. The institution says we do not marry people of the same sex, right? The government has taken regulation over marriage. Mm -hmm. And so the government says, if I let you guys get married, I let everybody get married. And if you're going to perform marriages, you have to do that. And then, like you said, as the institution, I now say, well, I'm fighting to make that not a rule because I want to protect the sanctity of my institution. Whereas if we reclaimed marriage, as a church and not as an institution, as a body of believers, if we reclaimed marriage, then we wouldn't have that problem. But we've already let it go so far. And this is one thing my friend Jason Hoyt, who I mentioned earlier, was talking about when he was talking about the marriage thing. Him and his wife attempted to get married without a quote unquote marriage license. Mm-hmm. And he said it was one of the most difficult things he's ever had to do in his life was get names changed and all of that kind of stuff without a marriage license. Because he said he refused to have the government in control of his marriage. That his marriage was a faith action, something he did under the eyes of God, not under the eyes of God and government. Wow. And he said it was one of the most difficult things they ever had to go through as far as like, you know, paperwork and all that kind of stuff. Because the government's in control of marriage. How could we take back marriage? Could we take back marriage? I... I don't know. It, it probably the only way that the church could take back marriage is to separate itself from government in any way possible. If that's even possible, we'd have to. One thing we'd have to do is stop taking tax breaks. That's one thing yeah. we have to do. I guess so. Because that's another thing where we fight for policy in order to ensure that we can get five hundred one c three status, so that you can write off your donation to us on your taxes. So that you're more incentivized to give us. So we're baiting you to give to us by giving you a tax break instead of compelling you to give to us out of the abundance of your heart. Well, and I think the other way, too, is a lot of governments see pastors or ordained ministers as legally able to do marriages. Right. Mm -hmm. Maybe that should stop. If the government is going to be if churches are going to be separated from the government, they would have to be separated in that way as well. Yeah. And maybe that's the problem. Maybe, maybe you've really hit on something that the biggest reason why we can't separate our faith and our politics is because the institutions are married are, yeah, are married. <laughs> ah, <there laughs> you see you what I did there? Are intertwined. Yeah. 
and we can't we can't do that. The funny part about this this part of this conversation, right, is that the atheists that I know, the atheists and the agnostics that I talk to, this is their biggest issue with Christianity is that the institutions are intertwined and they feel like it affects their lives unduly because they are they have to be under whatever the government says. Right. right? And so because an institution of religion is intertwined with this government, that's their biggest issue. They want, they're like, churches stop taking tax breaks, churches stop doing this, churches stop doing that. Stop intertwining yourself with the policies and the government of our society and just be a church and mm-hmm. go do it on your own, in your corner, wherever you want to do it, and leave me out of it. Why is it hard for Christians to do that? Ooh. I mean, why is that? Why is it hard for Christians to be separate from the world? There's probably a million reasons. Yeah. Um, I believe part of it is we, we're taught the world more than we're taught our faith. Ooh, that might be. And so we are almost of the world by default. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like when we grow up, you know, we're, we're grow up, we're taught our ABCs, our one, two, threes, you know, and then we're sat in front of a TV and we're taught the world and we're sent to a daycare. That's not necessarily a Christian daycare. And that's fine. I don't have any problem with daycares that aren't Christian daycares, but we're taught the world and we're gone into a public school and we're taught the world and we're intermingling with people who are not a part of our faith and we're taught the world. And while all of that is happening, there's no reinforcement of our faith at home. You know, we just go to Bible study or wherever we get sent on, you know, uh, what's the thing in the summertime? The two summer weeks? camp? <laughs> no, the um, vacation, vacation Bible, Bible stu- school. Yeah, vacation Bible school and Bible study and kids church. And we do those things. But very rarely do we reemphasize the faith, the in the world part at the home level. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We're not educating. How many of our children are we educating on tenets of Christian faith? We teach them about Moses and we teach them about Jesus and we teach them about Abraham, but how many of them are we infusing and indoctrinating with the tenets of Christian faith so that they can still be in this world, but not be of this world? Ooh, that's a great point. And I think it's one other thing too, which is something we've talked about on the show before. I think Christians want to be accepted by the world. Absolutely. That's one of our biggest problems. I think as Christians want the world to align with their beliefs. Yep. And really that's impossible. The Bible warns us over and over again, that that's not going to happen. That as a Christian, you are by definition going to be an outsider. Yeah. You're going to be the weird kid. That's part of your role. And I think a lot of Christians don't want to accept that. So they want to push their beliefs even in government policies because they want the government and the country to align with their Christian beliefs. Even the idea that we are a Christian nation screams that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That the idea that we are a Christian nation screams that. And then we staple ourselves to the back of a political party, whichever one it is, because you can can find a way to staple yourself to the back of either one. Oh, yeah. And then we let that thing run, you know? Mm -hmm. And and it and it runs it runs wild and there's not anything we can it, not anything we can do but it's more difficult for us to pull it back mm-hmm. you know but you're right we're screaming for acceptance from the world we desire worldly acceptance because it validates us as people 
it validates our humanity in essence. You know what I mean? Instead of, oh, Jesus, that's the answer. Instead of allowing God to determine who we are, mm-hmm. we let the world determine who we are. Yep. Instead of allowing God to validate us, we allow our peers to validate us. We allow our jobs to validate us. We allow our standing in society to validate us. We allow what we do in this world to validate who we are and our worth and our value and how much of it we have is all based on the world and not based on what the Bible says. Yeah, and it's really interesting because a lot of people rejected Jesus because they wanted him to be this conqueror of the world. Right. And they would ask him, you know, about paying taxes. And Jesus was always like, you're asking the wrong question. Yeah, he's like, whose face is on the money? (laughs) Yeah, you're focused. Once again, you're focusing on me as trying to be a political leader and to change the politics of this world. And he's saying this world is done. Yes. This world is already owned by Satan. It's done. It's over. It's going to be destroyed. You need to focus on heaven. Yes. And the new world that will be created in the future. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of Christians have problems with that. I I know we do. I know we do. As as I am right now on this day, a moment of clarity, speaking on behalf of all Christians, (laughs) (laughs) I know we have that problem. I know we have that issue because- We're looking for that validation. Think about the long, hard road that you've had to take, that I've had to take. And I know we both have gone down this road and continue to go down this road in finding our validation in what the word says and not what we see around us. Yeah. In finding our value in what the Bible says our value is and finding our worth in what the Bible says our worth is in finding love from Christ to be enough, simply enough asking that question, what if this is all there is to my life? You know, because we're always searching for more and attaining more and trying to go bigger Mm -hmm. bigger and better, right? We want the big house. We want the nice car. We want... We're like the American stock market. We think we should only go up and never (laughs) go down. (laughs) Right? But what taking that moment to ask that question to yourself of Christ, what if this is it? What if it doesn't get any better? What if my life is determined fully by what I have right now? What if it gets gets worse. What if it gets worse? Absolutely. Can I still hold value? Can I still hold worth? Can I still see myself as somebody worthy of life, worthy of love, worthy of all of those things that I seek after? Can I still see myself as somebody worthy of those things if it never gets any better than this? Which brings, goes to the next sort of point on this. We talk about, we want validation from the world. We also don't want persecution. No, we don't. And that's kind of the one thing that I think about a lot when I look at the culture, like I, I fear that the culture one day is going to persecute Christians. And that might be another reason why we fight for government policy and stuff like Absolutely. that. But and even we even call some things persecution in their minimalist form. Well, yeah. You know, mostly out of fear and right. fear of the future. But even if persecution is coming, which the Bible says it is, you know, yeah. does that mean we're focused on the wrong things, you know. I think we might be. <laughs> yep. I think we might be. So this is this has become an interesting conversation, and we're going to continue this conversation when we come back from this break because I'm enjoying this, and I hope everybody that's listening enjoying this. And if it's you're a deep not, one today. Yeah, it's a deep one. And if you're not enjoying it, I don't care because yeah. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> so, but either way, I'm loving it. We're going to talk more about this, and we're going to talk about. One of the biggest issues about us 
in our Christianity as it relates to politics, and it's about where we point those fingers. We'll talk about that when we get back. Moment of clarity, Stefan G. Be back in a second. Uh, go hard in the game now. My white robe accumulate less things now. Less of me, more him. That's the aim now. Live loud for him. Never let the name down. I rip the blood stained van as no act. As wifey, I'm the same off camera. I used to want to be the man like Tamala with two days that fill all the spots on my calendar. I know it's just business. I get that. But don't forget the witness when you spit that. Want to never miss an episode of Moment of Clarity? Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google, or TuneIn. And we are having such a magnificent conversation today, talking about faith and politics right here on Moment of Clarity. And uh, Mike, this has been super awesome. Like I'm enjoying this. This might be well, one of my favorite shows ever. Well, this is like stuff we think about. Yeah, this is what we geek out about. Yeah, for all sure. All the time. Yeah, this is this is totally our our range and for me it's like it's such a part of my life because both of those things my faith and politics are so deeply part of my individual life yeah absolutely and it's a struggle i've had most of my life Mm -hmm. is how to do both yeah it's it's very interesting and so we've decided or we've come to um somewhat of a conclusion that we are focused on the wrong thing and we've come to somewhat of a conclusion that we are trying to kind of get society to accept us as Christians. And in doing that, we are trying to push our Christianity onto society so that we can get society to accept us as Christians. And so we realize these are two things that we're trying to do. But I, I wanted to point out another issue that we have as far as our faith and our politics is concerned. And it kind of goes back to the institutionalization of church that we were talking about before. And that's the fact that we have all become Pharisees. We've all become Pharisees in this society. And what I mean when I say that is not that we don't have any, you know, there's plenty of us who have love for Christ, right? But there's so many of us that are focused on the law and focused on pointing fingers and focused on what the other person is doing and focus on what's happening out there and not taking time to look at what's going on in here in my heart, in my mind, in my life, in my home, and making definitive changes there, like you said, not focusing on the right places, focusing on the world and not focusing on heaven. Which is why we point fingers. Which is why we point fingers. And we've become a society, Christianity as a whole right now, has become a society of Pharisees (laughs) that are pointing their fingers at everybody else and look at what they're doing, and you shouldn't be doing this. And you're not moral and you're not charitable and you're not this and you're not that. You're not one of us instead of it's like what I call marketing versus sales, because what I do full time is marketing. Right. Sales is a push atmosphere. Buy from me. Buy from me. Buy from me. I'm trying to push this sale onto you. I'm trying to make you buy from me. Marketing is more compelling. Marketing is me telling you a story, me giving you something interesting, me showing you the reasons why this makes your life better. Right. And in Christianity, we're all sales and no marketing. We are all sales and no marketing. You, 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 right? Yep. Instead of me, 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 look at this, look at what I'm, I'm hurt. I'm broken. I need help. I've been, I've been fixed. I've been healed. I've been this, right? 
Man, that's it's a great all, point. It's all you need, you don't, you should, you this, you that. And we've become a society of Pharisees, and it's absolutely crazy. Well, you're right, because the Pharisees got their worth off of pointing fingers. Yes. I mean, their institution was literally about changing society through the law and the human traditions. Exactly. And in, and in that moment, they and then what did they do? They did the same thing we were talking about before. They married themselves to the government. Yep. Where the Roman Empire said, okay, we're going to give you this space. We're going to let you practice this thing. You just keep everybody in line. Make sure nothing goes wrong, and we won't bother you. And it backfired. Yeah, it did. <laughs> Big, Big time. time. <laughs> so I, I – we have this conversation, and I know this second half is kind of short, but it's okay because the first half was so awesome. But we have this conversation not to, quote, unquote, come to an answer, but to really stimulate those questions. Guys, ask the question. When somebody says the church should do blah, 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 why should the church do that? Where does it say in the Bible that the church should do this? Should the church be doing it as an institution, or should we be doing it as the body of believers called the church? And am I doing that individually myself or am I only doing it when I go to that building that has, you know, C-H-U-R-C-H on it? <laughs> yep. You know, am I only doing it there? Am I only doing it through that medium? Am I doing it through that medium because they have more reach or am I doing it through that medium because I don't want to be bothered with it myself and it's easier for me to just throw money there and let them do it? You know, when, here's the ultimate question, when will we take back the responsibility of Christianity? as the church and take it from the institution of the church to the church as the body of believers. When will we take that responsibility back? Because, and and when we talk about politics and, and faith, a lot of people don't realize liberty, which is what we fight for in this country, right? Mm-hmm. We fight for liberty in America. Liberty is freedom plus responsibility. It's not just freedom. Yep. It's freedom with responsibility. And if you're going to be a contributing member of American society and call yourself a Christian, I expect you to not only exercise your freedom, I expect you to hold your responsibility. And that's my question is when as Christians are we going to reclaim our responsibilities as individuals and stop passing it off to the institution that has now married itself to the government? Yeah, because we pass it off to the institution of the church, but we also pass it off to the institution of government. Exactly. And we make ourselves feel good because the institutions we believe in are doing it. But are we as individuals living the Christian life? Right. And then we pass all of these messiahs and we send all these messiahs to D.C. We vote them into office because they're the ones that line up with our beliefs. And we believe they're going to do the things that we're not doing. And when they don't do it and when they become corrupt, we get all mad and we (laughs) want to vote them out and put somebody else in that place who better lines up with what we believe. And we don't even want to talk about what's going on in politics right now where people are lined up with stuff they don't even believe, but they're doing it just so they can win on both sides. Yeah. That's a whole different conversation. (laughs) I was about to say, it's another show. But we've got to reclaim our responsibilities as Christian individuals, not as the institution of the church. And if you know me, I am for the complete and total disillusion of the institution of the church. (laughs) Maybe not complete and total, but I want to break it down pretty far. But I want to see more individual Christians be the church on a daily basis and as people, as individuals. Start teaching your children about Christianity, the tenets of the Christian faith, what we believe, why we believe, where we believe it from. 
And if you don't know the answers to those questions, get out of your church and go find a better one because your church sucks. Amen. Throw that in. (laughs) Nine times out of 10, your church sucks, by the way, (laughs) just so you know. I don't care what church you're going to. You might probably think it's awesome. It probably sucks if you really start looking at things. <laughs> but that's that's totally We've Stephon. talked about that before, too. Yeah, that doesn't have anything to do with the Bible. So that's just me. Um, I appreciate the conversation, man. Yeah. I love it. We got to awesome. do this again one day. We, we will. We probably can't do it again until 2020, but we got to well, do it again well, one day. What we need to do is get people's answers and bring yeah. it on in a future so, show. Yeah, go to the website, thestephong.com. Leave us a voicemail. Um, And let us know what you think about the things that we've said, and then we can continue this conversation. All right. Sounds good. Moment of clarity. Stefan G. Catch you guys next week.